Listener supported. WNYC Studios. The way I've learned how to listen is through practical experience. I've learned the hard way that if you open your mouth and words come out where you're trying to be empathetic, be careful. Can you hear me? Just listen for a second. Hey, listen. Hey, shh. Listen up. This is Only Human from WNYC. I'm Mary Harris, and we've arrived at day three of our listening week, the week when our show helps you become a better listener. So far, we've worked on putting down our phones and talking face-to-face and learning to read body language. And today's challenge is about listening with empathy. That warning you heard at the top comes from Kenneth Feinberg. He's the lawyer and mediator who oversaw the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. He had a similar role after the massacre at Virginia Tech and after the Sandy Hook shootings and the Boston Marathon bombing. Again and again, he's arrived on the scene of a tragedy and taken on the job of assigning dollar amounts to each terrible loss. He spent a lot of time listening to people who've experienced the worst things we can imagine. So if there's anyone who understands the importance of empathetic listening, it's him. But the first story Ken Feinberg told me was about a time when he messed up. After 9-11, I met a 84-year-old man at the Pentagon who had lost a son, and he asked to see me. And uh, he said, Mr. Feinberg, it, it is a terrible thing, a tragedy, what happened I lost my son. He worked at the Pentagon. When the plane hit, he escaped from the Pentagon, safe. He thought his sister, my daughter, he thought his sister, who also worked there, was trapped. So he went back into the burning building to look for her. She had escaped through a side door. He died looking for her. The man was clearly distraught. Without thinking, really, I said to this man, Mr. Jones, this is just terrible, just terrible. I know how you feel. He looked at me, tears coming down his cheeks. He said, Mr. Feinberg, you have a tough job, but I have some friendly advice. Don't tell anybody like me that you know how I feel. Mr. Feinberg, you have no idea how I feel. Well, I felt like two cents. I will never do that again. Feinberg learned that often the best way to listen well is to say as little as possible. People want to be heard. People want to vent. They want somebody to listen to how they've been thrown a curveball and and they'll never be the same. Or people come to validate the memory of a lost loved one. Mr. Feinberg, you have uh, invited me here today for a private hearing. I was married to my wife for 25 years. She died in the World Trade Center. I'd like to start this hearing by showing you a video of our wedding 25 years ago. Oh, my gosh, that happened? Happened. Happens all the time. I want to show you a diploma. I want to show you a medal. I want to show you a certificate of good conduct. I want to show you how she came in first place. I want to show you. I want to show you. 
And when you tell them, well, you know, Mr. Jones, showing that video of your wedding, that will not have any bearing on compensation. So are you sure you're, you're going to watch, Mr. Feinberg? You're going to watch. I want you to see what those murderers did to my angel. I'll play the video. You're describing really hard conversations. Terrible. How do you stay open to them? Well, you, you, I mean, it's very debilitating. As I say, you don't really, uh, you can't cure this depression that you get listening to story. I had 950 different claims in 9-11 that I listened to people. And you think you have heard everything. And then there's another story. And you never heard that one before. And it is just stunning. And um, you get through it. I feel like so many of us go into conversations where we're, we should be listening, but we really just want to be heard. That's right. It's part ego. It's part, I think, the human condition. We're born with uh, the ability to voice opinions. And I think from a very early age, people want to be heard. At a very, very young infant age, of course, you want to be heard through screaming and crying and pouting. And I just think it's a natural human instinct. How do we not do that? No, you have to discipline yourself, and it's not easy. Of course, these conversations Ken Feinberg is describing are really different from everyday interactions with family or friends or coworkers. But Feinberg says what he's learned through his work affects those interactions too. What does it mean that you've become a better listener? Um, uh, much better at hearing the other person's point of view. I'm much more interested now in sopping up what people have to tell me and say. I'm less prone to interrupt and shoot off some response, some quick quip. I'm much more, uh, I think, I'm much more a studied respondent to what others are telling me. Feinberg advises making more time for silence as we talk to each other. I think listening is a goal and a good in and of itself. Solitude, I think, is a good goal in and of itself. I don't think there's enough uh, emphasis placed on the value of solitude, especially in American life today. And I think being alone, contemplation and uh, silence while you sort out life's dilemmas, I think is a positive. It certainly is for me. With that in mind, this is our challenge. Three minutes of silence. Sometime today, before an important conversation or before you head home after a long day at work, take three minutes. Find a place where you won't be interrupted. It can be a quiet room or a front stoop. And for three minutes, stop thinking about to-do lists. Don't focus on frustrations. Instead, Think about who you're about to spend time with and think about allowing time in the conversation to really hear them. And if three minutes seem hard to find, let me help you. You're already listening to this podcast. So let's practice together right now. I'll be back on the other side, but three minutes of silence are coming up. Ready? Let's start. Three, two, one.
That's my phone alarm going off. I tried this exercise a few days ago. My three minutes weren't very silent because the only place I could think of to take them was in a little park on my way home. I sat there as trucks roared by. I kind of liked it. But now I was in a rush to get home before my daughter Stella went to bed. Later that night, I told my husband Mark about my three minutes. The funny thing was watching, <laughs> watching the um, walk signal, like the cycle on and off, like being there for a few cycles of like the walk, don't walk, <laughs> because usually I'm just running to get to the walk. Mark listened patiently and started to smile. You know what stinks about that is that Stella pooped, <laughs> literally about three minutes before you got home. And I was so hoping, I was like, oh, Mary's almost home. And I was like, why is it taking Mary so long to get home? And now I know that that you owe me one diaper change. <laughs> and I'm not making that up. Am I a better listener tonight? Because I had three minutes of silence. No. <laughs> Sorry, should I have paused and thought about that for a second? <laughs> To me, this whole conversation is proof that those three minutes, they did work. I came home to a chaos of dishes piled up and a husband who'd obviously wanted me home a little earlier to help him out. And instead of feeling stressed and annoyed, I channeled Ken Feinberg. I didn't react. I listened and laughed. I want to hear how this works for you. Where do you find your three minutes? And where does your mind go during that time? What do you think about Ken Feinberg's advice that we should all find more solitude and silence? You can call us at 803-820-WNYC or send a voice message to onlyhuman at wnyc.org. Tomorrow, we'll be back with day four of our listening project, when we'll work on your memory. I'm Mary Harris, and this is Only Human. Support for WNYC's health coverage and Only Human is provided by the Torina Endowment Fund, the Hearst Foundations, Jane and Gerald Catcher, the Iris and Junming Lee Foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the Simons Foundation, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, and the Winston Foundation. <laughs>